So good afternoon. Good. Ah, sorry, Nicola. Uh, yeah, go I ahead. Only say thank you to you and to everybody, and I will uh, let you continue. We're coming to the end of a very dense, very rich, uh, and very comprehensive uh, today uh, forum. Uh, and this panel is dealing, I mean, our conference has been about uh, looking ahead with confidence and about attracting foreign investment. And this is the panel that is actually going to discuss about uh, investors who have voted with their portfolio and uh, who are actively involved uh, with Greece right now to tell us why. Uh, I will uh, let Panos Katsambas, uh, who is uh, the partner at Reed Smith and a great friend and uh, supporter as everybody else on this panel to take over. And I will let you, Pano, introduce the panelists. By the way, because of the fact that we have uh, six uh, top level uh, panelists with a tremendously interesting agenda, this is, I think, one of the longest panels of the forum. So, Pano, uh, take over and uh, we'll all be listening to all of you very carefully. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you to you and to the entire Capital Inc uh, for having us again this year and, and for all the efforts you're doing even in the midst of um, the pandemic. And uh, I hope that next year we can all be together in person again in New York um, and be celebrating a, a, a great year for Greece and, and, and for um, the world um, as a whole. Uh, as Nicola said, uh, I feel that this is uh, a great panel because it, it suits the theme of the conference. We're talking about investing in Greece Greece is an investment destination. And with us, we have um, top investors. Um, I think we're all very lucky to, to have Nico, Alex Fotakidis, and, uh, and Alexis Ateslis. We have also Christos Velasquez from um, El Dorado on the corporate side of investing in, in our country. We have uh, um, Alex Patelis representing the government and George Linazes from the financial advisory side. Um, we were expecting 2020 to be a transformation Transformational year for Greece, picking up from um, um, huge momentum in 2019, and with a number of significant reforms implemented or underway. While the pandemic wreaked havoc globally, the response in Greece was exemplary, and despite the challenges, we saw a number of groundbreaking investments, including in areas such as technology, venture capital, that we were not as accustomed to seeing in the past. We have heard a lot of positive commentary over the last two days at this first virtual Invest in Greece conference. And we, as we're about to wrap up over the next hour with the assistance of this phenomenal panel, we will try to dig into the details of what has worked, what has not, what we're doing well, and what we can do better so as to have a more successful 2021 and beyond. With that brief intro, let me start with Alex Patelis. Um, as you are the representative of the government on this panel. Despite the difficulties posed by the pandemic, we saw a number of high-profile investments in Greece this year, including some by investors in this panel, obviously. Do you find there is a common thread behind that momentum and those investments that we saw? Good afternoon and good evening to everybody. And may I also extend a warm uh, thank you to the organizers of uh, yet another terrific event. And of course, to our fellow panelists, so 2020 is closing to be a pivotal year for the Greek economy, at least as far as FDI goes, despite the challenges presented by the pandemic, the country, as you mentioned before, uh, managed to attract a significant number of new inward investments. And I would include to that uh, Microsoft planning to build a data center region in Greece, 
making the country only the 28th country in the world and the first in Southeast Europe with a Microsoft data center. We have Pfizer, the drug maker. Um, they've uh, starting their digital hub in Thessaloniki as we speak. Um, it's, uh, they received about 15 to 20% of their applications from, um, from Greeks outside Greece. They were so impressed by the caliber of talent that they have now announced that they will also be building a second hub also in Thessaloniki, this time focused on services and they plan on doubling uh, their presence uh, even beyond that. And then we have, of course, the Volkswagen investment in uh, Astipaila, Greek island. The uh, company there is gonna launch an innovative project on smart mobility and electric vehicles. Uh, we've had a number of uh, deals announced, including digital realty purchasing data center firm Lambda Helix. We have CVC, we have uh, Alex Varakidis on the panel today, investment in Scrooge and elsewhere. We have applied materials acquisition of Think Silicon and Microsoft purchase of robotic startup Softomotive. And actually today, earlier today, we just heard of the investment that the German electric car manufacturer, uh, NextEgo, will, uh, will be making uh, in Greece to establish uh, an assembly plant for electric cars and also a technological training campus. So. What is the common strand behind these investments? I feel that first it's political stability. We have a single party government now and the experiment with populism is firmly behind us. Greece institutions withstood a decade long crisis and have come out stronger. And of course, second, we have a reform focused administration that believes in attracting foreign capital, a big break from the past. And despite the pandemic, we have passed over 140 bills through parliament since the government came to power. And our drive to change the country for the better remains unabated. And third, of course, we have uh, lower taxes. Um, a lot of stuff going on there, but let me just highlight the reduction in social security contributions and the suspension of the solidarity income surcharge that uh, is going to take effect as of uh, 1st January, 2021. And finally, last but not least, we have technology. Greece's 5G auction is taking place. It's actually taking place tomorrow. And uh, 5G will be operational in major cities very soon. And the government has set up a innovative fund called Festos that is going to uh, invest in 5G uh, service startups. So my message today is, if Microsoft, Pfizer, and Volkswagen choose Greece to invest, wouldn't shouldn't you too? Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Let me let me. This is really really exciting stuff, and to have companies of that magnitude and, and caliber uh, making not just simple investments, but Microsoft in particular is a pretty fundamental investment for for their business in our country is really exceptional. But let me ask a, a kind of a related follow up question. You know, you mentioned some tax changes. What other changes um, beyond having the political stability uh, and so forth? What are the key changes in the legal and regulatory environment that your government, this government, has implemented over the last year that 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 go to the heart of the issue and make Greece a more attractive investment proposition for foreign investors? So there's a lot of stuff um, to talk about. Um, as I mentioned before, the government has passed about 140 bills in total. Um, I would say that just over two months after taking power, the government passed a bill simplifying licensing for business parks and also outsourcing the certification uh, of investments. And actually, there's going to be another bill simplifying uh, procedures and licensing that's going to come uh, to Parliament early next year. 
Um, the, there has been a lot of change in environmental licensing, a new framework for, uh, for renewable energy sources. Um, there's a new framework for the antennas for the rollout of the 5G. There's a uh, procurement bill that's coming up to revise the way the government uh, does, uh, does uh, procure services. We've had a new bill on electrification and incentives for that. There's been a new spatial planning bill. Um, and, um, and then of course, uh, but I would say that the uh, very significant part of all of these structural changes has been a change in attitude by the government. The government firmly believes that the country has an uh, investment gap. This investment gap cannot be filled um, exclusively through na national savings because they're low. So we believe in attracting foreign capital. And the prime minister has set uh, together a team that is not afraid to seek foreign capital and to engage in foreign capital. And that of course uh, requires trust. Um, any kind of uh, a business person or investment will tell you that um, a uh, very important factor is trust, and uh, this takes time to be built, but also uh, can be enduring. Now, on the tax side, taxes do matter. This government also believes uh, in lower taxes as opposed to higher spending, and there have been uh, many tax changes. The dividend tax rate now in Greece is 5%. Um, there is um, a lower, lower corporate income tax to 24%. Um, as I mentioned before, Social Security contributions for salaried income have come off uh, by four percentage points and the solidarity income surcharge has been eliminated. Uh, we have a new flat tax for uh, stock options and for restricted stock units, uh, just 15% or 5% for newly formed companies. Um, there is of course um, uh, a, a tax credits available for companies for R&D expenditure and now they're being extended also to green and to digital expenditures uh, from the new year. There is a bunch of regimes uh, to attract um, foreign, uh, foreign investors, including a non-DOM regime uh, with 100K flat tax uh, for those who move to Greece. There's a scheme to attract pensioners, 7% flat tax rate. And now we're also implementing a new scheme to, uh, if you bring your job from abroad and you haven't been a tax resident of Greece, then half your income will be tax-free for up to seven years. And that's to attract both Greeks who want to come back to Greece, but also uh, non-Greeks um, or companies who want to create uh, new jobs uh, in Greece. So it's a lot of stuff uh, together, but I do think the political stability also matters. And, and I do think ultimately it's a question of trust and knowing that there is a government in place that is committed to doing reforms and knowing that there's uh, administration in place that's committed to attracting foreign capital um, that goes uh, a long way. And we, we very much look forward in 2021 um, to partner with uh, more of you and, uh, and do more business and of course, uh, accelerate Greece's growth rate. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Alex. That's great to hear. And obviously at the right attitude, trust, stability and consistency are, are key attributes to attract investments. And I know also um, having someone where investors can, and you've been very, um, you know, vocal and open to investors and always able to, to, to listen to their concerns. So that's also a, a very positive. With, with that note, though, let me turn over to Christo. And I, I have to say, I was looking at my notes in preparation for this panel from a, a few years back. I won't say how many, so people can, can, can judge on their own. Uh, and the, and the uh, you know, Eldorado's investment and, 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 and what it went through 
in our country was used by some of the panelists as, as a reason why foreign investors uh, avoid Greece. Can you take us through your journey um, and highlight um, what has changed, where you are now, um, uh, the difference, uh, a different approach that I hope uh, you see as well, and, and how you position uh, your, your investment, your company, your investment for the, for the future? Uh, Pano, I'm glad you're putting it in that way. Actually, uh, El Dorado has been uh, from an example to be avoided to I think it would be very soon a poster child of how Greece uh, helps foreign direct investments. And indeed, it was a, a very um, uh, bumpy ride, uh, to say, to put it politely. Uh, and in El Dorado, we do aspire to turn the investment in Greece into an example. Uh, where it will reflect all the reasons why particularly international investors would place uh, their trust in the Greek economy. Now, you, you've asked me what's, um, you've asked me what, uh, how was the journey? And indeed, we've seen it firsthand, a transformation, because that's how I call uh, what I've seen the last one and a half year, how the government has worked to attract foreign investments in, uh, in Greece. Um, three things that uh, come to my mind. Firstly, hands-on intervention. Secondly, collaboration and um, working partnership. And thirdly, legislative changes, simplifying processes. I will uh, briefly elaborate on that because people need to understand what uh, has happened. Uh, what in Eldorado we have seen, we have seen uh, the government officials, the ministers, the deputy ministers and general secretaries that uh, were assigned to our case that they actually intervening to expedite uh, processes. So in the past year, we have received permits that we've been waiting for really quite some time, and they were stuck in the bureaucracy. Uh, those um, officials, ministers, deputy general secretaries, they're mobilized. They expedited the relevant permitting processes with this hands-on approach. So uh, this is something that um, we haven't experienced before. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, expedited processes and interventions unlocked long-standing bureaucratic issues. And I've also noticed that it was not only for our, only for our investment, but it was also for all other investments that I, I, I am aware of. So it was a kind of VIP approach. Then there was collaboration because uh, there was working partnership with a different attitude. I think Mr. Patel has mentioned it. There is completely different attitude, which means dialogue with intention to find the common ground. And of course, conclude with solutions that promote the investment. Uh, thirdly, we've seen legislative changes that actually simplified processes. The environmental permitting was one of them. Uh, legislation across the board affecting all sectors of uh, the economy. And uh, uh, without concessions, as we've seen, nor for the environment, uh, neither on the value that created for uh, the uh, stakeholders. Uh, the government has succeeded several changes that I think will help further not only our investment, but uh, also other investments. Um, I'm under the impression that there are a number of structural reforms probably might, might have slowed down because of COVID-19. But I think other transformations, like uh, the ones uh, Mr. Patelis mentioned, and digital transformation tax changes, they really got a lot of steam. 
which make uh, a, a completely different environment than what it was uh, one and a half year ago. And it, it really, it's a marked change. Um, I would like to uh, uh, mention a couple of things also and uh, take your time just to, uh, to so for people to have an idea of what, what, what kind of investments we're talking. Because we, uh, I'm representing, I think, um, uh, the, the group of uh, uh, the foreign direct investments. And um, the dimension of the Eldorado Gons investment in Northern Greece uh, is currently uh, already, uh, already invested of 1.2 billion US dollars, uh, 1,600 people already employed, and uh, we're operating uh, two mines in uh, Olympia and Mavres Petres, and we're producing gold, silver, lead, and zinc. We are uh, working with the Greek government to modernize our investment agreement. And when uh, ratified, which I hope it will be done very, very soon, will signal that uh, Greece is open for business. And uh, I think in our, our experience so far has shown that it is impossible for any international investment to generate value for the country and the stakeholders if it's not properly protected. And you very well know that was the, one of the biggest issues in our case. So by establishing a, a stable operational framework, which in this, I think it, it does exi exist political stability going forward and with uh, strict safeguards, not only for the investor, but also for the Greek state. And if this is a product of a discussion and dialogue, I believe really far ahead. And that's what we are uh, working productively with the government to achieve. And I think we are very, very close. So um, for the future, what we're saying would, will happen. We will invest 2 billion of out of which the 1 billion uh, US dollars it will be with the next uh, five years. And we will double the existing jobs uh, to 3000. Uh, that will generate for the state 2.3 billion. And this will, be a, uh, will also be with a substantial increase in royalties. And uh, also benefits for the community development uh, projects that were multi-million investments without ever forgetting our top priority, which is the environmental protection. So I think to conclude and answer your question, yes, it was a, a, a long journey, but uh, I think it's, uh, this journey comes to a new situation, to a new environment that is completely different than what was before for Greece. Thank you, Christo. That, that is, um, uh, to say the least, inspiring to hear. And, and obviously, I hope that you know, the way you've turned things around and, and adding the, the, the different approach by, by, by this government and more generally the country into accepting foreign investments and, and hopefully in the future, we can see mistakes of the past, irrespective of any government, not to be repeated and the trust and stability to be inviting for, for more investors to come in the country. Um, also, when you consider the positive uh, returns you mentioned. So uh, certainly wishing you the, the very best uh, in, in the road ahead. Um, we also have three esteemed investors in the panel from the from the um, uh, alternative space, private equity and credit fund. But before we hear from them, I wanted to uh, um, turn to George, who um, represents Axia on the financial advisory side, and and and, and get his perspective uh, on on where the opportunities lie ahead. And uh, obviously, um, we talked about some some projects um, uh, in the mining space of El Dorado. 
um, Alex uh, Patelis mentioned some other uh, investments by international corporates. Um, we also uh, read on the news every day investors uh, in, in the stock market, in the bond market of Greek companies, uh, other type of corporate opportunities, a lot of real estate opportunities that have been the subject of other panels uh, in, in this conference. And obviously, the continuous uh, effort the banks are making uh, in dealing with non-performing loan portfolios and, and investors um, buying such assets. So, George, where do the opportunities lie? Is it in all of the above? Are some sectors better than the other or juicier than the other for the investors? What is your perspective? And what has the impact, if any, of the pandemic uh, been in terms of uh, those opportunities? Thank you very much, Pano, uh, for your question. First of all, uh, good evening, everyone. Um, very pleased to be part of this esteemed panel. I think some of us have been part of this for a number of years, and uh, every year we gather around in New York trying to, to say what's right or what's wrong about investing in Greece. But this year is very different than any other year. I will explain why. <clears throat> the healthcare, uh, healthcare crisis uh, was a huge test for the Greek government which showed a high degree of organization and coordination. And we should not dis take this thing lightly. We are talking about Greece, the Greek government, and a global pandemic. And some of um, our, my colleagues here on this panel know from much larger and more organized, presumably economies like the UK and governments haven't dealt with such degree of uh, coordination organization. I think that's a big plus in the perception of the global investment community towards Greece. That's one thing. Um, the second thing is that's given an opportunity to accelerate some reforms. Don't forget the big changes that have taken place in the healthcare sector, but also the acceleration of the digitalization of the government, which is something that in a modern economy, in order to attract investments, you do need to have that. And Greece is finally getting it done. Uh, thirdly, all these um, other reforms that Mr. Patelius mentioned, a number of them, he's mentioned about 140 different reforms and bills that have gone through parliament. Um, all these point to a country that's taking the opportunity, it's not an opportunity, but the unfortunate opportunity of the pandemic to show uh, a different level of organization and preparedness uh, for the life after the pandemic. Um, uh, on top of that, we have to add a few other factors. Uh, Greece is an economy that's heavy, dependent on leisure travel. We know that and uh, that, that had a negative impact on the Q3 GDP as well now. But there are a lot of people, including myself, that we think that going forward and now that there is, there are vaccines out there and hopefully by, by the beginning of this, um, the 2021 summer season, uh, a good part of the population in, in a lot of the countries that are uh, coming into uh, I mean, travelers from these countries are coming in Greece every summer. They're going to be uh, uh, clean to travel. Um, and we think that's going to be the case. Uh, there's a lot of expectation about tourism. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cautiousness. Uh, some people say we're going to be lucky if it's 50% of 2019 levels. We actually think there's going to be a V-shaped recovery. And we're going to think that leisure travel post the pandemic is going to surprise people. It's because a lot of people have missed out a full year of their life in traveling. And I think we should not overlook the impact of that V-shaped recovery uh, on the Greek economy. On top of that, um, it's an economy that's gonna benefit from 72 billion of EU funds. 
that's going to be dispersed starting 2021 slowly and leading up to 2027 as a percent of GDP. That's a huge number. And finally, we have all these initiatives from the government, including digital nomads that can now work out of Mykonos uh, for you know, X months of the year and, and still be employed in the UK or in the US. Uh, I'll give you a personal example. We had hired a headhunter in London to, um, um, for two specific positions in our firm, which we actually wanted them to come and uh, base most of the time out of Athens. Uh, we spent a huge uh, amount of time, I'd say over a year, and every time we'll uh, reach the right person, the, that person would say, well, I spoke with my wife, but I don't think she's ready to move to Athens yet. And that's always been a problem. All of a sudden now, a couple of these guys have called us up and said, now we see that there is this tax break, 50% uh, less taxes for the next seven years. And uh, as of January, we're going to put out an announcement. One of those guys that works for a bulge bracket firm in London is going to join us in Athens. I see a lot of people moving to Athens uh, or Greece as a result of that. And bottom line, it's all about trust and stability, but it's also about growth. Investors are not gonna make investments in a country that has a negative GDP growth or is at par every year and there's no growth. The prospects of growth for the Greek economy in the post pandemic era are in my opinion, the best we've seen in as long as I can remember. And it has to do with stability, with reforms, with government, I mean, I've never seen real uh, investments in real economy. Christos mentioned he's in the real economy and, uh, and, and a strategic investor. So are the likes of Microsoft and all that. But also these gentlemen here, most of them are making real investments. Um, and they're buying up companies, they're consolidating sectors. Um, I'm extremely excited, Pano, and I, wanna, I don't know how to stress it enough. I think 2021 will be a year to remember in the Greek economy for those investing in it. And to close your um, question and answer it fully, what do I think is the most favorite asset class? I think the bonds have had a good rally globally, um, whereas the equities in Greece, if you look around, most of the equities globally are at new highs and recording new highs almost every week. Um, the high of the Greek stock exchange is back in 1999 and it's over 6,000 points. The general index, which is not very representative, but it is a, a benchmark just uh, think today or yesterday reached 800 points. Um, Greek equities are tremendously overvalued and there are companies listed in Greece that if you compare them to their European peers, they trade at deep, deep discounts because it was Greece. But that's not gonna be the case anymore. I'm also very excited about green economy. I'm excited about some parts of real estate. I'm excited about venture capital. Uh, the panel I think before us was all about, you know, startups and venture capital. But I'm also excited about consolidating sectors that were highly fragmented. Alex is trying to do it. Nikos is also, um, uh, you know, recently made an acquisition in a space that I think there is more to do. Uh, Alexis is also involved in a number of things. There's going to be, Greece is not a huge economy where you can name sectors, but there's so much to do in the real economy and, and mm -hmm. so many changes. Not to mention that the NPLs continue to, uh, to have um, an attractiveness for that type of money. But overall, I think the real economy is where the money is going to be made and in equities. Thank you, George. And let me add that, let's not forget that with respect to the NPLs, that it's about time that they start being viewed as a way to transform and improve and, and, and be a source of future growth through restructuring obligations. And it's not only about sort of 
trying to 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 get rid of loans, but it's how you can get a restart, uh, which which I think is a very important message for the, for that segment of the market. Um, so with this backdrop, we've had the political backdrop, we had the advisory backdrop, we had a, 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 a strategic investor backdrop. I want to turn to our, let's say, representatives of the professional investors, uh, and and I'll start with um, Alex Otakidi and Nico, who um, work for international private equity houses with a huge huge success over the years. And Alex, let me start with you. And and you know, with everything that we've heard, what's the importance of the country in uh, in in your analysis in in making an investment? Is it is it can you allocate a percentage? How much you evaluate the specific opportunity vis-a-vis the country backdrop, and and how all these changes and and perceived improvement in the environment in the Greek environment um, help you in 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 evaluating and and proceeding with investments. Hi, Pano. Hi, everyone. Um, I think we place huge emphasis on the country when uh, when evaluating investment opportunities. We've been monitoring Greece for more than 10 years um, when we started to actively look at investing in the country back in September 2016, we actually spent the first three, four months purely analyzing the country risks and opportunities for CVC. And, and CVC's DNA is to be local. We have uh, 23 offices worldwide, including 12 in, in Europe. We now have a portfolio of four companies in Greece, and, and I've actually moved here to support the portfolio and also to pursue new investment opportunities. And I think when you look at, um, you know, Greece is now firmly on the map for CVC. The the risk premium we attach to to investing in Greece is much lower today than it was three or four years ago. And why is that? Well, because as we've discussed on the panel, we do have a supportive macro, political, and tax environment. And I think you know we talked about trust. I think actually uh, we certainly um, you know we're in a position now where where we where we we have seen that trust, and we want to continue investing in Greece. We we think that. Greece will recover quickly in 2021, and we think it's going to grow faster than most other countries in the EU during the next five to ten years. And there's opportunities across different sectors and also across different strategies, whether it's consolidation, whether it's growth, whether it's focusing on on exports or cross-border mergers. There's there's a huge uh, opportunity, and uh, and we're you know, we're pleased to be here, and actually we we hope to increase. On investing activity in the coming years. Yeah, that, that's that's great to hear, and and certainly the country is very lucky to have investors with with your profile. Um, Nico, turning to you, you've invested in Greece over a number of years now, and in, in different sectors. How do you evaluate the change in the environment, and and is that a bigger driver of the opportunities that you see, or do you? You think uh, opportunities available are also there as a result of the of the prolonged crisis uh, that 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 Greece has faced um, since uh, 2010. Well, it's um, well. Good evening, everybody. Start with I. Uh, I have been investing in Greece for the last 15 years, actually, and uh, and I have to say, not because of this panel, not because of the forum that we're having this, that I actually do think is probably the best time 
that I genuinely think that the country has a chance to attract foreign investment. And it's very much for the reasons that Mr. Patelis and also Mr. Renatos were mentioning about the change in attitude, the, all the reforms that are happening, all, all the investments that are made from a government perspective to change a bit the image that the country has had. But this is not just a marketing ploy. Uh, you can see it that it's, it's, it's really happening in the economy and it's becoming very obvious to all of us. And I think it's no doubt that Greece has achieved a very large fiscal adjustment even before COVID. COVID interrupted that. I think there is clearly a willingness uh, from the government to continue that. Um, I think you've seen a lot of confidence coming back and a confidence not just from foreign investors, but also confidence of the Greek people. And it's a, it's a big test actually for foreign investors if they also see their own uh, local people investing in their own economy before the foreigners invest in the local economy. So it's, a, it's an interesting test to see this happening and I think it's gonna continue to happen very much so. I also, though, without repeating the reasons why I think Greece is attractive now more than potentially other times that uh, my fellow panelists has mentioned, I, I wanna make two or three points. First of all, investing, especially for global investors, is as much as an absolute game as it is a relative one. And, and I think that from a relative perspective, I do think that Greece is now at a stage where on a relative basis, it can grow faster than the rest of the European Union. And if this it actually does happen, I think you will see a lot of money coming into the country because there is a lot of liquidity out there. Just the industry that Alex and I are in, in the private equity world has $2 trillion of uninvested capital. So that money is looking for a home. And I think Greece has a unique opportunity to take advantage of that liquidity out, out there. And I, and I think it, it, it can very well do so. I think it has also a unique opportunity to take advantage of the disproportionate benefit that is, is having from the EU uh, recovery funds. And I would urge the government, and I know they're gonna do it, and everyone else to make sure they make good use of this money. Because this can become a true catalyst for the country to restart, for the country to grow, and to link to what George Linazos was mentioning earlier, investors invest for growth. So if, if, if actually the country doesn't grow or the companies do not grow, no matter how exciting the environment is going to be, it's going to be very difficult to attract foreign money. Again, back to my, to my relevant point. The second point I want to mention is that we should not kid ourselves that pricing the risk in this uncertain environment, no matter how much we believe that the country has a lot of tailwind at the moment, is not an easy task. So that is the risk that, that, uh, that uh, requires conviction, it requires confidence, and it requires trust. And that's where I think that I keep hearing the word trust, which is absolutely a, a key ingredient for anyone who's gonna decide to come and, and put money in, in the country. And I think that, that is, is becoming very apparent. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to share is, this country has very good companies, and it has also very good management teams. And it has been unfairly underinvested because of the aura or negative aura that it had as a country. And I tend to say that we invest in companies, we don't invest in countries, but it's impossible not to take into account what the dynamic and the overall environment of a country is as a foreign investor before you actually decide to pull the trigger. So there is a lot of tailwind in the country. There's a lot of proper reforms that are happening. There's a lot of positive attitude 
And, I, and I'm personally encouraged. And I think ultimately we all vote with our feet when we make the actual investments that, uh, that this will continue. And, and, uh, and, uh, and I hope it does so genuinely this time. Thank you, no, we all, we all hope that. And, and with that note, and with the two trillion that you mentioned being available on the sidelines, and, and with Alex having moved to Greece and, and, and looking for additional opportunities, uh, let me turn it around a bit. And, and can you highlight and, and start with you, Nico, what can a, 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 an investment group like BC or CVC offer to a Greek businessman? Where, you know, looking at it from the recipient standpoint, is it um, you know, uh, an exit and, and cash out on their business? Is it a partnership opportunity? How, what's your message to the Greek entrepreneurial and, and business community of relationships and investments from, from private equity funds? So it's a very good point because ultimately uh, there's a lot of capital around. So, um, and we don't pride ourselves for being passive capital. So you wanna be an active investor. We have been, done deals very often where even the founders or the families or the seller ultimately of the business continues to be our partner in the deal. Pharmathen, which was an investment we made five years ago, uh, an excellent company in the healthcare space is a good example of this. And I think what we bring is probably three or four things. First, apart from financial muscle, which is important um, and should not be underestimated because a lot of companies, when they grow, they need investment. And if you do have the capital and the appetite to invest behind the businesses, you can help accelerate that growth. And that investment, by the way, can also happen in areas, for example, like research and development. Uh, if I take Pharmathen as an example, we have invested more than 250 million euros of, of R&D in the last five years. Now, unless you have the financial muscle and the knowledge and the confidence, which goes back to the previous point, to do so, it's very difficult for the company itself to, to have that conviction to do it. Secondly, and I think it links to a lot of my fellow panelists here from other funds, when you have a global fund, you have a global network. And that network that transcends across advisors, industry experts, any, anything. And that, as an institution, we always want to bring to bear by definition, because if we help our investments, that means we're going to make a better, a better return. So that's also important. We have better access to financing because we have global relationships with the world's biggest banks. So we might be able to get that extra marginal lower cost potentially when we're trying to finance a transaction. We can also help companies when it looks at M&A because a lot of companies are looking inward in focusing on their own business, whereas we can help them identify other acquisitions. And again, my fellow panelists have done it in their own portfolio companies where we try to consolidate markets which are fragmented and where you actually buy a platform and you want to build on top of it. And I would say, finally, we also bring sector knowledge because you know, a lot of cases, uh, if you have a global firm, if you are a global firm, you have a lot of knowledge on various parts of those worlds and maybe some trends that are happening in the US have not necessarily already transferred to Europe and let, let alone into Greece. So if you bring that know-how from a sector, it really can help the business. It's a good example. Our most recent investment was our investment in Fortinet in Greece, which which is an investment in a sector that we have been globally very active in the telecoms and media. But we made this investment through another portfolio company that we have, which actually is a leader in the region when they do telecoms and media. So they bring, in addition to financial muscle, they bring a lot of know-how. They bring a lot of content experience, a lot of bundling experience, pricing experience. 
Everything else that the Greek company cannot necessarily know because it operates in the little sphere of Greece. So I do think that as international investors, we can bring more than just money uh, to, the, to the table. And I, and I, and I hope that uh, it's the case. Yeah, no, I think I think that is clearly the case because you, that experience, I think, and, and, and being a partner can be instrumental to a more international success in a way that, you know, uh, getting money through the capital markets perhaps will not give you that sort of partnership and that guidance and, and those connectivity points that you that you very correctly mentioned. Um, let me briefly switch gears and raise the same question to uh, our last, but by all means not least, uh, panelist um, uh, Alexia Tesli from Oak Hill Advisors, and and uh, you know you are a, a credit fund, and and can you give us your perspective in terms of the solutions that a fund like Oak Hill can offer to the Greek businesses, and 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 how do you see the current opportunities uh, based on the legal framework uh, uh, for, for for your investment strategy, Alexi? Thank you, Bano, and uh, good evening, good afternoon to everyone. I think it's great, it's very encouraging to see large blue chip, like the world's leading private equity houses investing in Greece um, for the first time after so many years. But I think there's still a role for an alternative finance provider, for alternative capital to help fill the funding gap and subsequently the investment gap that was mentioned uh, many times on, uh, on, on this panel. Uh, definitely the banks are back into business, they are lending again, but very selectively and have certain criteria. The capital markets and both the debt and the equity capital markets in Greece are not as developed and only are available and open to, um, to certain companies of certain size and who meet, certain, who meet the criteria for these capital markets. So an alternative finance provider, which and that capital can be in the form of debt, minority equity or a hybrid, um, can bring additional flexibility, for example, corporate governance, who don't need control, which in the case of Greece, where 75% of the economy is accounted by SMEs, and a lot of them are actually family-owned big businesses, that can provide that capital for growth, for consolidation, to become regional leaders, but can also um, facilitate the investment of private equity, for example. Right, because we know that private equity uses uh, financing in, in leveraged uh, buyouts, um, depending on the case. And although Greek companies have issued bonds, um, is again, it's a very selective group. Um, and sometimes the size doesn't meet the minimum, the minimum threshold for the capital markets. So we, can, we try to become, we, we become partners to, um, to management teams or to owners, and then with flexible capital, with also um, a range of risk and return, we try to meet their funding needs. So we can come in and provide both debt, um, debt more flexible and um, than the banks would provide, or debt and equity. So I think there's there's a kind of complementary uh, capital that can um, can help fund the them or, or fill the 100 billion investment fund investment gap that I think has been identified. No, and that, that's certainly a very important point for investors to know that there, there are different options when you're looking at international um, funds uh, and assessing opportunities or, or, or for whom to partner with. Let me also touch with, with you three, and I'll start with Alex. Um, you know, this is all great. 
putting the money into the country, investing, good companies, growing, etc. But historically, and, and I stand to be corrected, Greece hasn't been the best example of successful exits. There have been, been exceptions. I can think of uh, wrong capitals investment in SMB. Uh, there have been exits in the real estate sector. And, and I think here is an area where, you know, even though a company might be good, assessing the country also might, might pose some difficulties. How do you envision and how do you strategize about the exit event? Three, five, seven years, depending on your horizon after your investment. And how do you see Greece positioned in terms of, of those exit opportunities? Alex, you wanna go first? Sure, difficult question. Um, but look, and, and following on from, from what Nico said in terms of what uh, private equity brings, and I agree with everything he said. Uh, and one, one, of, one of the attributes is also you know, private equity discipline. And what does that mean? That means in the way that, that we report, in the way that uh, we compare performance versus other companies in other, in other countries, in our portfolio, uh, but also in, in preparing management teams for exits. I think that's an important part of actually of our job. And, and actually the, the exit process uh, starts almost day one. It doesn't, you know, we're not in a rush to exit. Indeed, in, in the companies that, that we can continue to grow uh, and develop, we'll look to hold as long as possible. And I think you'll see this trend in, in, in private equity. You'll see that the companies, you know, the average hold of our portfolio is, is seven years. And, and I expect that will grow over time. But I do think it's important to, to start to educate management teams in how to prepare for exits and also to identify early on which way you can exit and, and giving also the incentives for management team to deliver an exit. Now that may be an IPO, it may be a strategic, or it may be to another financial investor. And I think once you've, you've put out your roadmap for the exit, actually having the management team spend time First of all, preparing the company for a potential IPO and all the work around corporate governance and, uh, and boarding and, and other work streams. Secondly, if you, you know, talking to strategics, going out there through our network, talking to potential strategic partners, meeting with management teams from other sectors. We've done that with our, with our hospital group, with the team that we have in Athens. We visited the leading hospitals in Spain, in France, in Finland, just connect, connect experts across the sector um, and share, uh, you know, share ideas, share best practices, but also it could be a way to an eventual exit. So I, I, think, um, I think that's part of what we bring. Now, specifically to Greece, you're right. You know, it's, it, it is a more difficult environment. And it just means that one aspect of our, you know, going, of our, of our work and as, we, as we go into an investment is thinking carefully about the exit uh, and taking you know, taking our time to prepare for it, but most importantly, you know, we need to focus on on, on helping the company grow, helping the management team develop, and, and the exit will then, you know, will will come. We really need to be patient, but uh, that's something that we can, you know, we've learned and, and can do. Thank you, Alex. Nico, your thoughts on on, on this topic. Not, not really much to add. I mean, if you think about it, the, the, um, from our perspective, having exit optionality is very important. And I would say in the past, Greece, unfortunately, was not offering that exit optionality because the IPO markets were indeed closed. Um, the country, given its size on a relative basis, 
is not necessarily always a strategic hub or a strategic country for our international big strategic investors. And also financial sponsors or financial community was a bit scared to invest for all the reasons that we have. I think now, for all the reasons we just discussed, that I think all three routes have opened up. I think the stock market is the one that probably will, in my book, I think it's gonna come last in, in, in following this because it needs that liquidity it needs that credibility. It needs that international focus in order to attract uh, companies of size. But it, it's there. It used to be like this about almost 20 years ago. There's no particular reason why it should not come back, especially when it's run properly as it is today the case and when it has the right infrastructure behind it to support international companies. I do think that by definition, uh, certain exits are easier depending on the type of asset that you try to exit. So if you have a company which is happens to be based in Greece, but has sales internationally, or it's a more global business, it by definition will attract more, more potential candidates than a traditionally Greek only Greek focused business. So a, a lot of us are always looking for that panacea, I would say, of, of that Greek company with excellent management team that happens to be based in the country, but is able to uh, export a lot internationally. The more of those, I think the easier it's going to be to exit. But I think uh, as a country, again, comes back to, to the one thing and one thing only, growth. If you do find growing businesses and in a zero interest rate environment, investors are looking for growth. Strategic acquirers are looking to add on for growing businesses. And the public markets, by definition, will welcome growing companies. So as long as you can able to get growth, your options at exit will increase. And if I could add to that, yes, point. please, I'm going to turn to I, you. Yeah, I think the last two years has been great, and obviously Greece has transformed in the perception, and obviously with uh, with actions from the from the new administration. I think the test and what will be very important for the future and for exits, but also attracting, is is for that stability to continue, right? So obviously Greece has had its fair share of boom and busts and political uh, uncertainty, but uh, a prolonged period of political stability, um, poor, kind of friendly um, investor policies, that will definitely change uh, the perception of strategics. Um, Greek companies can become local aggregators, not just re re I mean, regional aggregators. So we, we can see consolidation across the Balkans or uh, Central Eastern Europe. Uh, but I think the exit in seven years or five years from now uh, the exit uh, opportunities and optionality could be very di different if this, if the current kind of environment continues. Let's have two two last questions that I want to address to to each of the panelists. And and uh, uh, you know we've spoken about many positives, um, a lot of optimism, but I want to ask each of you thirty seconds per answer. What are the most significant challenges that remain? Um, uh, you're opposite this sort of positive environment. And uh, Alex Patelli, I'd like to start with you. Um, you know, the, I would say that uh, the standard answer has to be that any government needs to, uh, or anybody in any job actually, needs to maintain the same speed and the same enthusiasm and the same concentration and focus every year. And uh, every year that go by, obviously a little bit more tired, a little bit more of this, a little bit more that. So I would say uh, the challenge is just to remain, uh, to remain consistent. 
Christo? Well, uh, I think uh, the challenge of the pandemic uh, still remains. Um, it's a threat that we will need, we will, will continue to be there and pose serious risks. So it's important that um, the, the government helps for the economy to bounce back and uh, then continues, I think, with the structural reforms. Uh, I think that's, um, that these are the two challenges that I see the most significant at this point in time. Thank you, George. I think <clears throat> um, Black Swan events like the pandemic that we are currently all witnessing and going through, uh, we've had a share of those over the last 10 years globally, not just in Greece, but especially in Greece. Um, so, uh, you know, in markets and in economies, there is a timing. Timing is very important. So you can have trustability and growth, but you may be off in timing. And what I mean by that is now is the time where a lot of money will come into the country from private investors or from uh, EU infrastructure funds. Um, now is the time to capitalize on that. So the commitment to the reforms, the commitment to the stability and the commitment to this marathon, this is look, every day is a new day. Um, uh, and hoping that there's not gonna be another, you know, uh, black swan event happening nine months from now is what's gonna, you know, get it done. And that's my only fear right now. Uh, Alex um, uh, Fotakidi, um, challenge and is there something we're lacking as a country when you compare us with other European destinations that, that uh, CBC is investing and you say Greece should have that attribute? I think starting with the, the challenge, and this is, a, this is a, I think a topic we've, we've uh, talked about before, reversing the brain drain I think is critical. To, to accelerating growth. We're seeing early signs, but I think there's still a huge way to go. And, um, and I think actually, again, private equity can help attract talent and help Greek, successful Greek professionals who are working abroad to come back and work for our portfolio companies where um, they feel more comfortable with, a, with an institutional and uh, international investor and also with incentives. And so I do think actually, um, the brain gain is, is really now the, the, the next important challenge. With regards to, 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 to Greece specifically, and, and touching on a point that uh, Alexis mentioned, I, you know, we, there's only four uh, banks here and um, the liquidity available in that respect is, is fairly limited. Uh, and I still think um, institutional debt investors are quite, uh, quite risk averse towards lending into Greek corporates and the risk, the cost, they, the, so the risk premium they attach is significantly higher than it should be. So I think we need to also help in terms of attracting institutional uh, debt capital in, into Greece. And that will help um, support the, the portfolio companies and the acquisitions we make alongside the Greek banks who, who are good partners. Thank you, and I hope more follow your lead in terms of reversing the brain drain. Uh, it's great to see somebody leading by example in that respect. Uh, Nico, um, comment on, on, on the challenges and, and, and sort of the comparison with other um, target countries. 
Well, I mean, on the challenge, I would say, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it's a challenge or a wish, but I, I think we need, the country needs to maintain its momentum and they need to stick to the plan. And it's very difficult to be derailed because it's human nature to be derailed, but they've started very well. So, so I think we need to stick to the plan, maintain the momentum because momentum drives, it's self-fulfilling. Then you, you, still, you do have people coming back into the country. You have people investing in the country. You have, you have people willing to lend more because they believe in the companies. Uh, you have that growth. So my, my first challenge will be, well, challenge, it's not a challenge, it's a wish, um, is that let's make sure that the country maintains that positive momentum and the confidence that it has been able to build because confidence is very easy to lose. Uh, and, and reputation is very easy to, to change. So I, I, that, that would be my hope and advice, uh, especially to Mr. Patelis as, as, our, as our friendly uh, government representative here. I think what I've seen in other countries, I really think that this country has a genuine competitive advantage when it comes to intellectual and management capital. I, I'm saying it with, all, with, uh, with full acknowledgement, having invested for 15 years, that the caliber of people that Greece has is second to none. And I do think that therefore what it lacks is that whole outside environment to make these people flourish. And, um, and I think that's a difference that, that it doesn't have, but I, that's a difference that I actually think it's about to change and, and hopefully for the better. Thank you. Alexi, your thoughts on, on, on these two issues before we go to the no, I, last question. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with uh, what Nigos mentioned. Um, you, I think Alex touched on it in terms of uh, making it easier for institutional debt investors to come to Greece. Uh, there's still some legal and tax challenges, uh, which I think with the help of the government that could make it a lot easier. Um, and um, I think the, the, the stability will provide the, the, the platform and the, and the context for institutional capital, not just equity, but um, uh, uh, dead as well um, to, to gain confidence again in the country. So then let, let me start with you now for, for the last question since we, we kept you last up until now. December 2025, God willing, we're in New York, same panel. Question to you guys, looking back the last five years, what do you see Greece standing today in 2025? 30 seconds. Alexi, starting with you, and we go in reverse. Thank you for, thank you for giving me the, the honor of answering the, the most difficult question. Um, I actually think that uh, I think we're going to look back and see that the last five years were a unique opportunity to invest in the country. Uh, I think Greece five years from now is going to look very different. I think that uh, uh, Alex and Nigo spoke about the risk premium. I think the risk premium is going to come down. Um, and um, I think we will probably less, less opportunities for me to invest because the cost of capital uh, will come down and the country will uh, re-rate. So the opportunity is in the next five years. It could actually be less than five years as well. It, it, this, this, this could be in 2023 than 2025. So we have to rush and go there and find the opportunities. Huh? Okay. Um, let's go quickly with the rest because we have three minutes left. Uh, George? Where, where do I see Greece in five years from now? Yes. Um, I want to see the brain, uh, 
brain becoming brain regain, and I think we're going to see that to a great extent. I want to see um, a GDP growth that um, is well above 33.5% annually the next five years. I think it's easily achievable. And I want to see government representatives on the same power, like Mr. Patelis is now, to continue talking about reforms, trust, and stability. Because that means that you know the commitment and the marathon, which is important, as everybody said, is going to still be there. Thank you, George. And we're down to our last minute, so I'd like to turn it to Alex Patelis for the closing remark on this last question. Um, thank you very much. I'm afraid I'm going to be a little bit of a killjoy and say that uh, um, we are focused um, on the near term, and I will leave the forecasting to other people. I don't. I don't feel that it's right for the government uh, to uh, to make such projections. We're just focused on doing our job. Well, I will interpret that. That is the, the messaging we want on on trust, consistency. And, and, and attention to detail. So hopefully that will lead us to a, to a, to a positive, positive forecast for the next five years. Maybe and, you should ask Christo where he wants to be in five years from now as El Dorado Gold. That, that, I want to hear that answer before we go. Uh, that we have another uh, five El Dorado Gold companies the size of El Dorado in Greece, in northern Greece, actually. That would be a fantastic outcome. Uh, thank you all very much. I hope the audience uh, enjoyed the discussion. I certainly, it was a great honor to, to moderate a, a, a panel with all of you. And um, if I don't see you any sooner, wishing everybody, our audience, our panel, and the whole Capital Link team a very Merry Christmas and, and happy and healthy 2021. Well, I would like to, uh, to thank you all. Uh, I mean, I have been listening to this uh, and I have to say it has been a, a tremendous panel, great insight. I'm delighted that we had on the same panel very harmoniously and, uh, you know, both the government uh, with Alex Patelis and uh, major investors and banks. Um, look, I, I think we have all gone through ups and downs and uh, hopefully right now we are five years from now, things are going to be a lot better than they are today. Uh, and I think we are on the right track. I think all we have to do is stay the course. So last year, the prime minister said Greece is back. This year, the message is we look ahead with confidence. And I will conclude by saying next year, we're all going to be in New York together. So thank you to all very thank much. I really appreciate that you took the time. I know it's very late in, uh, in Europe. And I appreciate that you took the time to be with us uh, today. Thank you so much, really. My pleasure, my pleasure, Nicola. Thank you, Nick. Thank, thank you, Pano. Thank, thank you, everyone. Happy holidays. Thank you.